This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods and I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? Just getting ready for that big game next weekend. How about you? I don't acknowledge NFL football anymore, oh. so I don't. I don't know what. I'm not sure what game you're you're referring to. That's kind of where I'm at in my life, in my oh. fandom at this point. So no, I don't know. It's all good. I, I you know, Green Bay would have gotten blown out by the Chiefs anyway. So I don't know. I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. So tough, tough L fun. last week though. Yeah, if it had been Green Bay and the Bills, it really it would have been the best Super Bowl next year. I mean, it's questionable if Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback at Green Bay next year, but like next year could happen. He'll be back next year. After next year, I'm not sure what happens, but I don't know. It's tough. Like I don't think that he'll. I think that he'll finish his contract, which has another three years, I believe. But I don't know. He was just. I mean, they just took a tough L. He was in his feelings, so of course he was gonna like be non-committal but he's 100 percent going to be back next year um i just don't i don't yeah i don't think he's i don't think he'll finish his career in green bay but he'll definitely be back next year at least so we'll see you think he'll pull brett Favre and go play for the vikings it's kind of they're going to force his hand a little bit i don't think he'll go to the vikings um but i you know he'll go someplace that's not wisconsin so we'll see He'll go to Denver and play for the Broncos because I'm sure John Elway, even though he is no longer the GM, he'll be like, yeah, let's get Brett or let's get Aaron Rodgers. It'll be like getting Brett Favre. I won't put it past him. You know, know. try and lure him out and try to see what you can get out of him. Pray he has um, a few years left in the tank by the time he's, you know, 39, 40. So I don't know. And the Bills have a great future, you know, young quarterback, young team. I think they'll be good. For, yeah. for the next few years to come. So they're in a good spot. So tonight on this episode, we are going to be talking about community, the TV show that ran on NBC. And then it was on um, screen Yahoo for the last, I think just the last season, season yeah. six. Um, but yeah, this is one of my favorite shows. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about it. And I, Wanted to start, I guess, with your. Um, do you do you want to give like kind of an overview of of what the series is about, or do you want yeah. me to do that? Yeah. So, um, community it's a TV show, like Earl just said, um, and so it's set at a community college in Colorado, um, Greendale, and so there's it's about this group of people that are very unexpectedly together. Um, it starts they're in a study group. And um, it is a sitcom that I don't know if there are any other sitcoms I would like compare it to. It's very much its own thing. Um, 
that makes lots of references to pop culture and really like finds its footing uh, as it hits the second season. Um, and so it's just like, it kind of tells the story of these people as they're going through school together and they're in like the same group and just like the shenanigans that happen at this school. Um, and so like the, the main people are played by Joel McHale, Jillian Jacobs, Danny Pudi, Yvette, Nicole Brown, Allison Brie, Donald Glover, Ken Jeong, um, Chevy Chase, and Jim Rash. And it's like such a rant. Like when you think about that group of people, that's a random group of actors to one, just like all be in the same show. And then like it it looks exactly how you would expect with all these random people and like making it work for the different um, storylines. Like it, it's very... I don't even know. Like, it almost reflects life. Like, it's not just, it's not like friends where you have these people who live in like an unrealistic lifestyle in New York where you don't see people of color and um, they're always getting into these shenanigans, but like, they're the life they live is not expected. You know, this is like, I mean, their college shenanigans are like, over the top but like you're still like yeah this makes me think of like when I was in college or like when I um was at community college so that is the the premise of this show it's their journey they um it, it was on for six seasons and it one of the better things that came out of NBC yeah you know it's funny you talk about it kind of being reflective of life and like you know it's a community college which this it's uh, that's kind of on my brain a lot because I've I've studied a lot about community colleges in my in my master's program I took a class on community colleges uh, last summer oh wow yeah yeah so just like the structure of them and and how they like help different the different areas that they're in and um the relationship between like community colleges and like businesses and kind of being like a feeder system into, you know, plucking kids out of community colleges and, and, and giving them jobs, um, which is certainly one of the plot lines uh, in community. particularly with Shirley. Shirley is someone who's like always trying to start her own business. That's like a really big plot line for her for the first few seasons. Mm -hmm. And also being a feeder system to like bigger um, four year institutions, which is something kind of like Annie, you know, was bright and then had like you know pill addiction and is trying to like get back on track in that way and then she by the end of the series also also was looking for a job but like yeah like you talk about the the random like collection of people and the series was created by dan Harmon, who um i mean i've i've kind of reviewed this getting ready for for this podcast but i knew this back when the show was on the air like he always talked about how it was based on his own life experiences at a community colleges where he was kind of he found himself as the leader of this group of like ragtag people from different walks of life and different, you know, life experiences. And they, you know, formed this really close bond. And it, that, that's always been really the heart of the show. And the show starts off, you know, really college centric and it kind of goes off into its own area where it's more, you know, a meta commentary on sitcoms in general and, you know, pop culture stuff and, a lot of meta humor, but the heart of the show was always the the relationships between the the core cast members. And um, I have this in the outline, but like I I always 
it struck me that just like everyone in that cast is funny. Like all the main characters just really shine and are just really, really funny, like top to bottom. And they're really funny in their own ways. And a lot of them went on to do different shows and um, different movies and comedic roles and stuff like that. But like together, the way that they just work together, it's like, it's, it's like a basketball team kind of like they yeah. just have a, a, like really great chemistry and stuff like that. This is really fun to watch. I watch it all the time. It's, again, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I wanted to ask you um, what your relationship was to this show, like when it was on air. So it's been off the air for a few years. Um, there's rumblings about, you know, they did a table read. They did a, a virtual table read last year during the pandemic. God, that's a depressing thing to say. Um, as like a as a fundraiser and you know there's some rumblings around that about them eventually like doing a movie and stuff but like what did you did you watch the show when it was on it, it premiered in in september of 2009 so were you were you watching the show back then or had you heard about it or what was your relationship with the show like when it first premiered and when it was actually on air so i watched it when it was on air um probably until i went to college so in 2009 i was in high school um, I was, yeah, I would have been a junior in high school. So I was attending a community college. Like my high school did like a dual enrollment thing. So you, we took college courses. And like, by that point I was like full time at a community college with like a couple of my best friends and we like would watch community and it's like, oh yeah, this is like our life where it's just like random people that like everyone's from different walks of life and you're working together and it's like someone might be old like I took a class with my mom I took um I took a calculus class with my mom and one of my good friends and like it, it was kind of like that where it's just like oh you have like just this the non-traditional group of people that you would expect like that's the beauty of the community college is like it's people from so many walks of life and um with Colorado Springs being like a military town you had plenty of like young military old military like different different levels where people are just there because they're like oh yeah I like want to go to I need like specific training in this or I want to get a degree or whatever um so like the show when it was on and like where I was at in life, like it really resonated with me. Um, and then in college, I stopped watching anything on TV because um, I feel like my brain melted for four years, but it came on while you were in college. And so like, how did it, because you were at Iowa state, like how did you relate to it then? Yeah, it did. That's fascinating that you took a, a course with your mom. Like, that's incredible. I didn't know that. That's so, like, and that's, def that's definitely something that would happen on Community. So that's that's really incredible. No, yeah, I it was, um, so September of 2009, like, that was the beginning of my sophomore year at Iowa State. And like I said earlier, the beginning, especially the first season, the first season is very, like, college-centric. It's very, like, this is what would happen if you're, you know, stuff about like registering for classes and stuff about dealing with professors that are weird or, you know, the social aspect of college. Like it's very, the situations that the characters found themselves in were very relatable to me. Um, even though I was at a four-year institution, you know, college is college at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So 
a lot of the stuff, a lot of the humor and a lot of the um, comedy that arose from those situations, I, I found relatable and it really endeared me to the show in a way. And so, you know, that, that entire lineup um, of, of shows really, I just loved. And it was Thursday night. Thursday night was like the comedy night on NBC. So it'd be like community, it would be 30 rock, it would be the office and it would be parks and rec. And just, you know, every show is just really, really funny. And I, it, it's, it was something that I would like carve out time at night to like watch. And community was just my favorite. I love 30 rock too. This the first three seasons of 30 rock are like up there with community for me, as far as my favorite TV shows, but it was great. It was, um, you know, I don't, I, it's, it was famously, which is, this is kind of a paradox, but like famously community was known for not having like crazy, a crazy amount of ratings. Yeah. And so in that way, it felt like I was part of this, you know, small, like, you know, no pun intended community of people who are watching the, the show. And that was kind of the beginnings of, of people, of, of, fa- of fan communities online, really interacting with each other. It, it was kind of like the convergence of that and social media and, you know, stuff like, you know, Donald Glover is rumored to play Spider-Man and that becomes like a big thing online with community fans. And then that translates into season three in an episode where he's wearing like a Spider-Man tie. Mm-hmm. So like the back and forth of the relationships between the fans and then the people. And then that kind of like the show interacting with the fans in that way, it was just a really fun and exciting time. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the humor um, because you, you said that you would, um, watched the show and found it funny and stuff like that. And the show really changes uh, maybe midway through season one and it kind of evolves into what it is fully in season two. And then it's just like season three, which is my favorite season. It's just like fully like weird. We're a weird show now. Like we, we can, we're established and we know the tone and we know what we want to do. So we're just going to like lean into being, being really weird. But like what, there's a lot of like pop culture references and there's yeah. a lot of like meta humor and stuff like that. Like, how did you, how did you find that, um, that humor? Did that appeal to you or did you, um, were you put off by it first and kind of grew to love it or, or how did you, how did you kind of engage with that? The, like the style of, of comedy of community, cause it's pretty unique. It's definitely a little off the wall and I think I enjoyed it for what it was, but rewatching it, I think it's funnier probably because I've watched a lot more of everything since then. Like what I was consuming in high school is a little narrow. And now I'm like, Oh, I see how like that is like a nod to this or it goes like they're taking, they're making fun of like another type of trope or whatever. So I think it's very clever. I think it makes good use of like, not just any one type of humor while still being just like bananas at times where I'm like, this would never happen. But also, I mean, it's still TV, so it can, you have to make it engaging. Um, But I also appreciate when they know that it's a little bit crazy and it like, there's the fourth wall and you're just like, they like, they're like, yes, this is just, insane 
Yeah, it's you talked about like you, you know when you get older your your palate kind of you know expands and you're 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 able to consume different things and I'm the same way like when the show really I think about the 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 chicken fingers episode the chicken fingers episode in season 1 have you seen that episode do you know the one I'm talking about I've seen it not recently that wasn't one that I watched when I did the binge so it's 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 the plot line of the episode is the chicken fingers in the cafeteria like everyone loves them but it's so because everyone loves them it's like really hard for people to to get there on time especially the study group it's hard for them to get to the cafeteria on time to get the chicken wings and so jeff like hatches this plan for them to i think this might be starburns like first appearance in the series actually but starburns like cooks the chicken fingers and like since he cooks the chicken fingers and has the access, like everyone loves him. And so Jeff Jeff hatches a plan to like get Starburns fired and get Abed hired into um into the kitchen so like he can make the chicken fingers and like they can get them like whenever they want. Like that's the that's the the seed of the story. And it's like a parody of Goodfellas, basically. Like it's a parody of Goodfellas and like other like mob movies where Abed like they pull the scheme to get they like blackmail um starburns basically or not even that they just like honestly they like rat them out they get pretty to like slide in and like get close to him and then they like rat him out for like giving Britta chicken fingers on the low and then abed gets hired and they like they manipulate the hiring so that abed gets hired and it becomes like this scheme of it's like it's like they're selling drugs. Like that's the that's the the riff on like Goodfellas, where they're like um, you know selling illegal stuff, and they end up in charge of like the Chicken Fingers Empire. And so when I watched the episode, like I knew that it was a parody, and they it's a parody in that like it's they like lift stuff specifically from Goodfellas. Um, like they lift like music cues and they lift stuff like from the Godfather as well. Um, but while I, while I was watching that, I was aware of that was going on, but like, I'd never seen Goodfellas. I'd never seen the Godfather. So I wasn't like quite sure what was going on fully, but like, I appreciate it now more than since I've seen those movies, which I've, I literally saw both of those movies for the first time within the last two months. Um, but like stuff like that, like I can appreciate more now, um, now that I've like kind of have more of a context for what, for what's going on because I'm engaged with more stuff now. And that's just kind of, I, that's a, a way that the show kind of grows on you and you can appreciate it more later than, than when you're watching it. And a lot of the humor is just like, it's really dense. I, I wrote down the outline. It's kind of like the Simpsons, like a lot of like a lot of jokes at once, a lot of quick jokes uh, one after the other, you kind of have to like keep up a lot of times, but um, that's a way that, you know, I, I loved it then, but I love it even more now. And it's more like rewarding now to, to watch. Um, what do you, what do you think of the cast though? Like we, we've talked about Jeff a little bit and we've, um, who's the main character and you, you listed off the, 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 the cast at, at while you were doing your recap, but do you have any like favorite characters or like which, which cast members do you, do you enjoy the most? I... I think I enjoy I think when I originally watched it I really enjoyed Annie 
And now I like rewatching it this last week. I like Abed. Um, Cause he just is like doing his own thing. And I have a deeper appreciation of the Troy Abed friendship. Um, Cause I think that's a very good part of the overarching community story is like they have the they just become like such good friends and it's just so like wholesome and great and I especially maybe being in like this pandemic time where people don't find themselves in community they don't find themselves having like very deep relationships with other people I keep hearing things about how like Americans feel very lonely like one in five feel like isolated but it's not like like we know people but we don't have like close connections and so it's like oh you have like Troy and Ovid and they're just like they have each other and like they always come back to each other um so I think like that's something I've really enjoyed just re-watching it 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 doesn't really speak to the jokes of the show or even like how well written it is it's just like oh this human connection that's just it's more than everyone's still coming together because like oh we're still in classes together and like they all build relationships with one another but that one i think is like the most special relationship the troy and abed relationship yeah yeah definitely i think that abed in a lot of ways is like the most important character yes in the show because like we see things through his eyes most of the time especially like in the like high concept episodes and the parody episodes and the the homages like a lot of that is just like it's he's the lens through which we enter the story um in those episodes so he's just like he's so important and i'm trying to think of like my favorite it's it's i don't know if if i even have a favorite character but i just like them so much for different reasons like i like a really underrated relationship i think is like the jeff shirley relationship because like they're whenever they're paired together especially like in the second season in the second season they're paired together a lot and that kind of continues over into the third season but like shirley is like in a lot of ways the only one that jeff takes seriously or like the one that he respects the most and a lot of that is because of their age like they're basically the same age and um it's maybe her life experiences or whatever and she's like maybe even one of the most quote-unquote normal ones in the group but like their dynamic is just really um fascinating to me and i just i really enjoy whenever the two of them are paired together and um annie is just like really kind of wacky and kind of like it's she there's this thing where there's this push pull with her where she's always trying to be like in control and be you know you know, the, the comedic thing is that she's like the younger, one of the youngest people in the group, but she's always trying to like reach for this stage of maturity and like there's a dissonance there. And so that's always funny. And um, you, I mean, you said everything that needs to be said about Troy and Abed, like their, you know, their relationship is really foundational. And um, I really like Britta. <laughs> I like Britta interacting with everyone and especially in this the second and third seasons where it's it kind of become it kind of becomes a running joke like the Britta is the worst like kind of running gag about her like being a buzzkill and stuff like that and that leads to she like has to push back against that a lot of the times and like there's a lot of comedy in that and then um I mean Troy himself Troy's just Troy like he's effortlessly funny like he has all the funniest lines and like he's just 
you know, you, we, we're, we're going to talk about Atlanta eventually. Yes. Um, but you could see just like the talent that, that Donald Glover had um, while he was on that show and the way that he just um, kind of set the show on fire in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, all of them are just, all of them are great. I, I, the cast just interacted with each other so well. But go ahead. Oh, so sorry. Like what you're going to say about the cast interacting well? No, that's it. I was just going to say, okay. like, they just really interacted with each other really well and, and really let each other shine. So, but go ahead. What you, what you were going to say? Um, well, I was going to talk about the cast and, like, not only did they, like, interact with each other well, but they, like, represent, like, the different... Because you can only have so many people, right, on a show before right. it gets to be where you're like, I can't follow this, um, especially for a 30-minute show. But, like, the the different stages of life... Like you, you talked about like Shirley and um, Jeff being like in their thirties and like in a different stage, and Annie's like young, but she's trying to figure out and like the representation of like the different people in that, where you have like Annie's the young go getter, but like she still is pretty naive about things, but she like like she, the show starts and she's eighteen and she's into Jeff, and it's like no, like you shouldn't be into this man who's in his thirties and his life is a mess. But like that, that like is a, that is a life thing. Um, and like Britta being very vocal about things and everyone shutting her down, like the, everyone knows that person and like her and Annie, like building a friendship, like it's important because it's like, yeah, you can be like, like someone like Annie can exist and they need someone like Britta to kind of, be like oh where they can be vulnerable with each other because they obviously are like compensating in different ways where annie is like i'm just like i'm going to accomplish all these things and britta's like all of this bad when she kind of brings everyone down it's not bad like it's good to have the friend who's like no like this is sexist or this is like this is just a bad look but it doesn't always like land well, like, not everyone wants the quote-unquote buzzkill, but, like, you have to have it. And um, I was thinking about Chevy Chase's character, and I'm just like, yeah, at a community college or just, like, anywhere, like, you have this old man, and it he says all this bad stuff. Like, I, I would say that all of the humor of community ages very well because, to, like, your point, it's very dense. It's just, like, so many jokes like just, like, jammed in. And it's layered. But, like, he makes very obviously bad jokes. Like, they're very, like, racist comments and sexist comments. Like, we all know that, like, old white guy who, like, says stuff that's like, dude, we're just going to ignore you. But, like, you kind of see the vulnerability from him as well, where it's just like, oh, like, I'm old. And, like, what, where do I belong in life now? Because, like, obviously I'm not, like, 20 or 30 and, like, doing these things but then there's like these very elderly people <laughs> who are just like really mean on the show but it's very funny and he like kind of hangs out with them it's just like you see how all of them are like navigating different paths that like again speak to a broader audience who can like relate to what they're going through where he's like what what is going on in my life I'm like old but not old old and what does that mean and how do i interact with people and also 
still says all that bad stuff because you can't just have this old guy character who's an old rich white man and just be like, oh yeah, like he's woke, he's with it. Like that's not realistic. I read something about, again, this was with Dan, Dan Harmon, but like someone asked him about that where it's like, you know, Pierce is really inappropriate and stuff like that. And um, like the question was presented to him, like, why would you hate, why would they hang out with him? And Dan Harmon was basically like, you know, why do you hang out with the person? Like everyone has someone in their group of friends where it's like someone from the outside would be like, why do you hang out with that person? Like they're way different from you or they say all this inappropriate shit or they're just like, you know. Um, and he's just like, that's it. That's the Pierce character is kind of a comment on that where it's like, it's someone that you just have this really close bond with that's, you know, doesn't necessarily align with, your personality or your um the way that you you know go about doing things or something like that but you're for it's kind of just like it's kind of unanswerable why you you're so close with them but you've been around them for so long that's just like they're part of your family in a sense and i think that pierce especially in the first two seasons like in it's you know he kind of oscillates between I mean, in the first season, he's just like the goofy old guy. And then he kind of like teeters in the villain territory because of him, like, you know, feeling excluded from group activities and stuff like that. I always thought that was just really interesting. And it's tough that he got like written off in the way that he did because of Chevy Chase, like Chevy Chase, like, I guess, stopped liking doing the show and stuff like that and had issues with Dan Harmon and some of the other cast members, but like. I just, I always thought that that was an interesting character dynamic to have and a necessary one. Like that, it's a complete, Pierce kind of completes the group in a way, mm-hmm. in a weird way. I don't, I'm not sure how to describe it, but like, I just feel like that character dynamic kind of like makes that group whole. And um, to bring it to, to what you were saying in a more real world, tangible sense, like certainly, you know, they're, you know, I'm a non-traditional student. I'm not as old as Pierce, obviously, but like I kind of have that. There's a little bit of that dynamic with me and 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 my cohort members. Like I'll be uh, in a couple of months. I'll be 32, and I'm my classmates are like mostly in their early 20s, and there's a little bit of a um, you know, 10 years isn't it's not the same as like you know 25 years, but like there's there's a bit of a a, a generational divide there like in a small way. And it's, it's, you know, especially when I was, when we were able to like be in class together physically pre pandemic, like, and try to hang out and stuff like that. And it's, it's just, there's some awkwardness there. So I kind of understand where Pierce is coming from in, in a, in a smaller sense. But um, again, yeah, I just think that that, that was a really important dynamic to have. I think, does that kind of make sense? It does. And I agree with it. And I think that the dynamic of having the person who, you know, an outside person would be like, what is going on there? It speaks kind of to the rest of the group where it's like, you can't just be like, no, we're going to like isolate this person. Like no one wants, I think everyone has that fear of being like the outsider. And so when you see someone who you know would probably be the outsider because of like, what they say or how they behave like if it's not too extreme like obviously i don't think anyone is about to see someone with like a confederate flag 
on their shirt and be like, yeah, join our group. But like everyone says and does the wrong thing at some point. Like everyone makes those social like mess ups. So I think that like group can like tell like, okay, yeah, Pierce like does some dumb stuff, but like, at the end of the day, he's also human and we can't just be like, no, we actually don't want to be friends with you because like you're old or like you say dumb things. It's I mean, they even when they are like, yeah, we didn't want to do this with you. Like they they've built like this relationship. They correct him when he says things. They're like, no, like that's wrong. Pierce. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you where it's just like they they need that dynamic because you have to. It deepens all the other characters to have that tension. I wanted to talk about some of the episodes. So you've been you've been binging a little bit the last couple of weeks, or um, yeah. just to kind of catch up. Like what what episodes like kind of stood out to you on, on your rewatch um, for this podcast? There's a couple episodes I wanted to talk about, but we might like have some crossovers. So like what 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 like episodes did you want to kind of like discuss or really um, kind of grabbed you? Well, so I I looked at your article. Of the, oh, best, okay, cool. of the five the five that you thought were the best. Yeah. Um I did not watch any of those. You didn't watch any of them? I watched um which one did I watch? I watched the basic lupine neurology. Okay, cool, yeah. Because I was like, what? And it I was starting in season one. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do like a traditional binge, and I'm like, no, I need to like see more. So I got like halfway through season one and I was like skipping around just all over. And so just to kind of see how it changes from season to season, I just wanted to like be like, okay, where is it like very funny? Where is it like very weird? And um, that episode was very, very funny to me. Um, I don't watch Law and Order. It's like very off. It's off brand. Um, But like as an episode, like, you're talking about how like community parodies different things. This is a very good parody. Yeah. This, I mean, that basically you lupine. You're, do you get the joke of the title? Uh, something P, right? Yeah. Well, like the it's because um, the creator of Law and Order is Dick Wolf. So oh. it's like, the, yeah. <laughs> no, so I the, didn't get that. Oh man, yeah. that's that is great. So that's yeah, that's kind of like again, like the meta, the meta jokes, and um, yeah, it's like right there in the title. That's clever. But like, so to me, like this is my favorite episode of the of the entire show. I have it listed at number three on on here, um, because you know, you when you make lists like this, you you kind of try to hedge between the best versus your favorites. Yes. Um, if this were if this list were like purely my favorites, it would be number one. Like I just love this show, and this is some I love this episode. And like I, Law and Order isn't one of my favorite series, but like I just watched a lot of Law and Order growing up. Um, it's it was just on all the time. It was yeah. on TNT like all of the time. Yeah. And my mom, I would watch it with like my mom. It would just be on. Like it, it, it I don't know if anyone's favorite show is Law and Order, but like. I just feel like a lot of people have just seen a lot of the episodes and as someone who's like familiar with like the beats of the story in like the cold open where it's like two guys who are like doing what it's usually two like random people. Maybe it's two guys um, like two janitors like in, in this episode or it's like, a, you know, 
to like a couple random people on the street and you know they're just chatting talking like it it begins um you know in media rest or whatever however you say it like just like in the middle of two guys chatting or two people chatting and then like oh look over there is a dead body and then it like hard cuts into the police investigating it and like there's a chalk outline in the body and stuff like like that it was just really brilliant and the way that they like parodied it and it's like their yam from their project from their biology project and it's just i just love everything about that episode. like it's like every beat and they have to condense it right because law and order is an hour show and community's a half hour but the way that they condense it into you know the first part of the episode is the cops investigating the crime and it's um trying abed where abed is like the jerry orbach you know older cop character and troy is like the younger cop the kind of like benjamin brad you know um jesse martin type hybrid character and then the last half of the episode is jeff and andy being like the sam watterson and whoever else you know whatever young lawyer who he had been with over the years like it, it was it's incredible like i just love it like every and like the person the the medic who like investigates the yam is like an actual cast member from law and order who would be like a guest she'd be like a guest star every one in a while is every once in a while is like the corner like everything is just like incredible and then like they do the the crazy courtroom at the end the crazy like you know um reveal of like the random person who actually did it it's just i just like love all of it it's so good and it's um it just shows like them it shows like the creative power of the show like to me when the show was on when it was at its best it was just like every week it was just like so innovative every week was something different they were trying new stuff and like everything was just like at a really high level and i think that like that episode really like encapsulates it for me so i'm glad that you were able to watch it i i watched it a little while ago today because i was like after reading the um the article and i was like oh like i can find this one um pretty easily and the start to finish it like even where they do like the intro to the show and they make it uh law and order instead of the normal theme song yeah, like i yeah. enjoyed mm-hmm. that they committed like yeah. start to finish like the whole thing um it was it was super enjoyable so then i watched the next episode and or i started watching the next episode and i was like oh like this is a completely different vibe yeah yeah <laughs> It was just like, oh, they just completely shifted gears. Um, and I was watching where, like, you know, Troy and Britta start dating. And because I was jumping around, I'm like, whoa, what's what? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I like that. Um, them dating and then, like, Halloween episode where they're in Pierce's house. And then Gilbert randomly appears and is like, oh, yeah, I was just, like, here. <laughs> living in your house so um, that's we can we like briefly like so that's the fourth season and we have to yes. like acknowledge like the fourth season so dan Harmon got fired as the showrunner um after season three like nbc fired um, him that makes and, sense and so yeah so the fourth season is like way different the fourth season is just like it's tough because like there's some good stuff in the fourth season but i like don't watch it anymore because it's just it's not really the same as the rest and then in season five he got rehired like at the end of season four, it was actually, I think like Joel McHale really like lobbied for Dan Harmon to come back. And so he comes back 
um to do seasons five and six but like season four is just like kind of this outlier where it's like to me it's almost just like the the two showrunners that they brought in to replace dan Harmon. it's just like they're kind of doing like it was their version of community and it was almost just like um community light almost i don't know it's just tough the season four is a tough season and i don't i don't begrudge the two showrunners because it's like you know they had to have the show. They needed someone else to do it. And so they got them. And I feel like they did the best that they could. But um, yeah, the fourth season is it takes some weird detours in some some ways that I that I don't like. I also don't like the the Troy and I don't like the Troy and Britta thing, but it's tough because like they Dan Harmon, like in season three, had hinted at it in a lot of ways. Like there are different episodes where they kind of like push it to to that they like hint at Troy and Britta like liking each other so i don't know it was just tough it, it's definitely weird in the op- like the first episode so i watched that first episode of the season where it's like the hunger games yeah mm-hmm. but it's not the same as other episodes where again they're parroting other pop culture things and i'm like oh like this isn't quite the hunger games but they could have done a lot with the hunger games to to make jokes about that but it was more like Jeff proving that he was serious, but then like the Dean is super weird in that episode. <laughs> the Dean's super yeah. weird to begin with, which like I like the energy. I like that weird energy because it is like the the teacher or the parent who's just like too involved, who's just like, oh, I know everything about everyone. Um, like Amy Poehler in Mean Girls, where she's like, what's the hot goss? Right, right. Um, like that's him. It, to me in this show except like he very much oversteps the boundaries and like is always hitting on jeff and it's like it's funny like the way he does it but it like it's also like okay like this is this is his role on this show yeah they kind of like i don't know it's tough and with him that's such a like <laughs> that's such a crazy character yeah it's almost just like i i like that and that's one of the good things about season six i feel like in season six they kind of like try to kind of reel them back in a little bit oh, okay and um you know it's they introduce another that it was really smart of them too to like introduce another administrator who is played by Patrick brewster um frankie is her name and like she is like the most straightforward like serious character and she's the one that's kind of like a lot of the times the show like doesn't exist in reality like at all and so the frankie character is the person who is just like kind of like regrounds the show in some sort of reality and it's it's it was good to introduce that character who's could sort of like reel in the dean a little bit so yeah is there any other episodes you wanted to talk about um I'm trying to think about the other episodes. I know that you probably want to talk about the um, Modern Warfare episode. Yeah. That is like the biggest, the biggest episode. Um, so we could definitely get into that one. It, like, it's a good episode. And yeah. I mean, you you ranked it as like the, number one episode of community which like and you'd mentioned earlier in this episode like oh yeah it's like kind of the like it's a big episode four or maybe yeah i think it's i 
it's the most important episode in the in the show, like of the show's history. It's it was the episode that like showed that this was gonna be it. It like proved that this show was like different than any yeah. other sitcom like that's ever like happened. And I don't mean that in the sense that like it's the most important sitcom ever. I mean like literally like there is no other sitcom doing something like this to this level where you know it's just it's it's there had been a lot of hype about the episode i remember reading about it um online on like entertainmentweekly.com and like there the in the weeks leading up to that episode it was the second to last episode of the of that season i think it's either the second or third last episode of that season and there had been a big thing about how they were going to do like an action like a, a parody of action movies and so I was excited for it. But when I saw it, and again, this is another thing, another example of it referencing, I'm aware that it's referencing certain movies. Some of the movies I've seen, some of the movies I haven't seen, like Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard, another movie I've, I've watched for the first time uh, about a month or so ago. And like, it takes a lot from Die Hard. It takes a lot of like, a lot of the beats from, from the first Die Hard movie. And it's just like it was it, it it took the show to the next level. It took the it's it was like we're gonna commit. You talked about committing to stuff, like committing and to the law and order parody. Like this show this one it takes it seriously. Like it takes yeah. the parody seriously. And you know, him Jeff waking up in in like a post apocalyptic parking lot and everything is trashed and there's pain everywhere and um you know, come with me if you don't want pain on your clothes, which is from the Terminator, right? Come with me if you want to live. Um, it like every it's like every beat is just like it pays pays homage to these like eighties action movies, and you know, it's the plot of the of the story is you know the priority registration piece, and it also serves to like finally put an end to the like the will they won't they of of Jeff and Britta. Yeah. Which in normal sitcoms that would have been stressed out for a couple seasons. But in this one, it's just like I think that they could kind of there there's another big thing about, you know, online, like the Jeff Britta dynamic like not completely working, like their chemistry not really working. Um where, you know, a lot of the show in the beginning is like Jeff, you know, Jeff starts the study group so he can like try to like hit on Britta. And it evolves into this family that it becomes, but like the modern warfare episode, like they basically just like have sex in the study room and like, that's it. And, you know, the storyline continues or whatever, but it's not this back and forth of like, will they or won't they? It's just kind of like, okay, we'll put, we'll, you know, we'll have sex and then we'll just figure out where, what we do next. Like, we're not going to spend like 30 episodes of, you know, are they going to kiss or are they going to have sex? Like they kind of just get it out of the way and they, you know, figure out how to navigate forward. Um, so like that happens, which is another important part in the in the early show's history. But like, yeah, everything everything about the episode is just like so like it every like parody episode or meta episode that came after it, like it, it was able to happen because of the modern warfare episode. And like it was really the the episode that put the show on the map in a lot of ways. So I know you've seen it before, but you had you didn't get a chance to rewatch it, right? Yeah. And that but that was one that I like read about. So I was reading different articles like ahead of it and like I, last week I was reading about it just like what episodes are people like talking about and this was one that it came back to and that's why I was like oh like I should have watched this but I had already like skipped out of season one um 
when I started reading that and I watched the last episode of the season. So I think that this is the second last episode, like you said. And so they talk about it where they're just like, oh, this happened. And then Britta like tells Jeff she's in love with him. Which, or she loves him. And he's just like, uh, thank you. Uh, without saying thank you, but he's like, that's great. And, um, making it kind of clear, like, it's not going to be, like, the main point of the show for them to, for it to follow, like, or are they going to end up together? Like, because it's not that kind of a show. Like, the relationships don't seem to be, like, the huge focus. And then he kisses Annie. And so... What did you think about that? Wasn't that kind of out of left field? Or, like, how, what were your thoughts on that? Because that's definitely, like, like, a cliffhanger thing. I feel like... Annie gives reason where you would think that she would want that to happen, but like Jeff seems annoyed by, by Annie all the time. And also Annie's like 12 years old. Like I think about, and maybe because I was thinking about it, I'm like, Oh, Annie's <laughs> like 18 and Jeff is in his thirties. Like yeah. these are two people who really shouldn't even entertain that idea. Um, like, it's cool when, you know, her boyfriend's like, oh, yeah, I'm moving. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go. Just kidding. I'm not going to go. Um, and, like, Jeff is almost, like, like, he talks to her. He, like, listens when she's talking about this. So it's like, yeah, like, Jeff can be a friend to Annie, like, when he can get out of his own way. But, like, no, they can't just have this moment where they're like, yes, because... Annie, of course, is going to think too much of it. Jeff is going to think nothing of it. And Annie's 12 years old and he's in his 30s. It just, I'm just like, no, don't do that. Don't make that a thing. It's tough. Yeah. And she's like, she's, it, she's presented as much younger than he is. Yes. Is, I mean, you know, so it's just, it, that's, that was a tough dynamic there. It'd be one um, thing if they had made him like a little like they had made him in his twenties. Yeah. But still, bad look. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a rough look. Um, I also have to point out, I'm just thinking about um thinking about Modern Warfare episode. And so that episode was directed by Justin Lin, who also directed some Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. And um it's important to like we just I have to mention that episodes like that which are you know the high concept like actiony episodes like that's kind of what led to um the russo brothers who were the executive producers on community it like led to them um being involved in the mcu and then you know they direct the second captain america movie and the third captain america movie and then the the last two avengers movies and so, you know, a lot of the MCU is shaped around their sensibilities of like mixing action with humor and the big set pieces and, and working on, on working with big ensembles, which obviously you would need in a movie like Captain America Civil War and then like the last two Avengers movies that have these like big sprawling casts. The Russo brothers also, you know, worked on the rest of development. Uh, but, you know, communities like really where they um, shined and were able to. Um, execute their vision in a way that it allowed them to be um, called up to to Marvel. So a lot of the the modern MCU would not exist without without community and episodes like Modern Warfare and this the second paintball episode 
uh, the second and third ones, which are in the the second season, was actually I actually think those episodes are underrated. Um, and I that's not to say that they're not well liked, but they those episodes are like really good. So, I guess I thought more people watched Community because there's so much there's so many people that are well known that are associated with it. Yeah, like the Russo brothers. You have Donald Glover, who everyone loves, and I'm just like wait, more people didn't watch this show? Like, my roommates started watching Community a couple months ago. I'm like, are you watching Community? And he's like, yeah, I've never seen it. And he was not loving it. I think he got to a point where he liked it. And, like, again, with the skipping around, I'm like, oh, like, I can see that, like, the first season is good. Like, I don't think that it's a bad season of a show. It doesn't fully... uh it's not fully come into its own like at the beginning of the first season, but like yeah, for sure. also I don't think any show can not many shows can. I think that back, like we talked about Lovecraft country last week and it was an excellent pilot, but like, I think a lot of shows like the first season, first half of a season, like you're getting to know characters. Like you can't just be like, yeah, we're going to do all these things with no character development because then you have confused viewers and like, no one wants that. Um, so like there has to be some development but like you know you halfway through and then you get into the second season of community and you're like yeah but more people like should i i'm surprised more people have not just watched it and like that it's a very like underrated show but it's so sharp and it like it hits all the pop culture that like most of us have consumed those older movies i also have not watched them it's fine. Um, you, enough things parody it that you know, like, oh, this is making fun of this, or it's like, it's talking about this, like they're trying to resemble whatever. And so, yeah, it's unfortunate that it's an underrated show. I, I was so excited when it got on the Netflix because I just feel like that, like, expands the show into such oh, a yeah. huge, more huge audience so that now people can kind of like you know sit down and, and discover it for the first time or like rediscover it and tell their friends about it again and, and for people who might have watched it back in the day when it was on and kind of fell off with it maybe they can catch up and they find that they they liked it so i think that netflix really took it to um took it to a lot more people and maybe you can find a second life um i hope so on Netflix, yeah. So there's, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say it's, there's there's two more episodes that I want to talk about that I feel like we have. There's one more that we like have to talk about, and then I I just wanted to show some love to to an episode from season six, if that's okay. Yeah. So the 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 episode that we have to talk about is the remedial chaos theory episode, which is I think. A lot of people, it's universally like a, it's like accepted as a top two episode. A lot of people think it's like the best episode. Um, have you have you watched that episode before? Um, that's the episode where like Troy walks in, and everything's on fire. Yes, yeah, famous gift now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I remember seeing that one. Yeah. So that's the episode where it's like they it's they roll a die. And it's like six different timelines, basically. And again, when we talk about committing, right, it commits to the bit. Like there's a, um, there, 
at Troy and Abed's apartment and they're hosting an apartment, like a party for the new place. They just moved in and got everything set up. And so um, the whole group is there and they order a pizza and the pizza comes and like everyone says, not it. And there's seven of them. And so Jeff is like, I'll roll it. I'll roll a die. I'll like pop a die up in the air and you know, whatever it lands on starting, you know, you know, clockwise from my left or whatever, one, two, three, four, five, six, whoever it lands on, you have to go. And so it goes through like the different scenarios of every single person leaving and like how that the different, if, if Shirley leaves to get the pizza, if Abed leaves to get the pizza, if Troy leaves, it creates a different timeline because different things happen. The people interact with each other differently. And so the structure of the, the structure of the episode is just like really brilliant in that way. And it's, it, it commits to this thing where it's like, it's kind of like a commentary on if you remove one of the people from the group, how does the rest of the group interact with each other? So it, it was, it's a really famous episode and a really popular episode and really like critically acclaimed episode. Um, it's not my favorite episode, but I like respect it for, for how good it is. And I just had to, I felt like we had to talk about it because it's like, kind of university like acclaimed and so it's just really interesting and i would it's an episode i would recommend just because like structurally it's just really really um brilliant and really real well executed so i feel like we had to to shout that out and it has to be very tight because it's what 22 minute like a 30 minute show right is 22 minutes to follow the timeline of this many people it like it has to be very well written and yeah. put together in a very like it has to be concise. It has to communicate like how impactful it is, like with one person gone for each single timeline. Like it, it speaks to the writer's room and the actors, like just pulling it together. There's a lot of stuff that community did that just wasn't done on sitcoms before, like we said, and I compared it to the Simpsons earlier, but like, with animated shows, there's so much more that you can do creatively. Like it's such a different medium that you're able to um, pursue story in, in different ways. And like, this is something that like an animated show would do and that animated series have done in the past. And like, this is something that like live action shows are not supposed to be able to do. So the, the fact that they did it, I think is just really, really remarkable and a testament to like how creative they were and how, how high a level they were operating at. Like, this is kind of the, this is, I said this in the article, but like, to me, this is like the creative, like apex of the, of the series. And there's a similar episode to this that I actually like more is the Halloween episode where they kind of go around and tell different stories and it's like acted out in each of their different voices. And I just, I, that's a more fun episode for me. I just kind of like that episode a little bit better, but this is the one that is like creatively. I mean, this one is just kind of like unimpeachable. Like this is just really, really high level shit. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, if only we had shows like that now being made. It's tough, you know. Now we're just watching. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know what people watch now. People watch. I, all my timeline is like The Bachelor, and then um, I don't know Bridgerton. No, no shots at Bridgerton. You've recommended Bridgerton to me um, before we started recording, so um. You know, there's some quality out there, but I mean, no one's doing shit like this. This is pretty. No, like, no one's doing sitcoms level. like this, and where like 
So like one of the episodes I did watch where it is like in Abed's head, like he's going to his happy place. This is the beginning of season four. And so it's like a sitcom and it's like weird that it starts that way where, you know, he and Troy walk in and like, it's the audience laughing. And I'm like, man, if community was actually a show like this, that would be uh, yuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it was super off putting at first. And then you realize it's like how he views it. And like, it goes. And like you, you said this earlier where it's like, you're viewing a lot of things through Abed's eyes yeah, pretty much. And, um, that episode like you have like the sitcom piece where like in his head like it they live in a sitcom and then like he panics and it becomes a cartoon yeah and they're all babies and um that's also the hunger games episode so like there's so much happening in it that i'm like oh i like that there's this much happening just not it doesn't all work together for this one which like for other episodes again they committed they leaned all the way in and made it work so you know that it's there and you know that they're trying to put it together but i guess to your point they had a new showrunner for that one for that yeah. season and it just you see how it doesn't it doesn't gel where they try to pull all of these things together from pop culture it's yeah it's it's i don't know like looking at it now it's kind of just like i think about like you said, like what's on TV now. And then like, I'll, I just kind of think about the headspace I was in at the time, like watching it then. And it's almost just like, I don't think that I like really appreciated what was going on. Like as I was watching it. Oh um, yeah. No, not even a little bit. Like now it's like, Oh yeah. I appreciate that. Like this is a nod to this and this is um, this and the way the characters are written. Like I appreciate it. But like at the time when it came out, I was like, no, it's just another like show on TV that I like to watch. Like, I didn't watch Parks and Rec until I was in grad school. Um, and I, uh, hot take, I don't really like The Office. Like, I've watched episodes and, like, there are times where I'm like, oh, this, like, speaks to life. But, like, Community was one where I'm like, oh, yeah, I can, like, go back and forth between, like, oh, how did I feel watching it? Because there was nothing that, like, stood out from the show other than I was like, yeah, I really enjoy this show. And now I'm like, oh, no, I enjoy this show because art imitates life and makes yeah. fun of it in a great way. My my take on The Office is I like The Office a lot, especially the first like first five seasons really are, are really great. Um, but like I, I understand how it's not for everyone. Like I'm not going to if someone says they don't like it, like I completely understand because like you know, the cringe comedy isn't for everyone. And there's some stuff, there's some like really cringy stuff, like first and second season. Where it's like, yes. Oh, it gets like, better. Yeah, it, it does. It, it gets, and like in community has that because there's the Pierce character with like the cringe, very cringe worthy lines, but it's just not, not quite mm-hmm. the same because it's not a show built on cringe. Like, yeah. Community utilizes a variety of like things to, for it to be funny. Like it's not, it doesn't depend on one type of humor to be a good show. Like yeah. a lot of shows might can, they find that they kind of find their stride in it. And so like, yeah, we'll just like lean into this type of humor and, um, and community does not do that. And even when like 
they're again back to when they like kind of break that fourth wall um where they're just like oh i don't even like this type of humor and i'm like ah yes like yeah. no one does <laughs> yeah for sure um the last episode that I, I just wanted to briefly mention is like so uh, just so i can mention season six the the paintball episode of season six actually is really good i rewatched that like a few weeks ago and I haven't rewatched all of season six. I, I've rewatched a couple episodes of season six, which is good, but like the paintball is really clever. And like the, the point of that episode is that, you know, there's a lot of talk. They didn't do a paintball episode after season two. Cause it's just like, well, we don't want to keep going back to the well. And it's kind of a gimmick, like a singular gimmick that we do. Um, but season six is like, you know, paintball had been outlawed on campus and it kind of like gets brought back as this underground game. And I mentioned Frankie earlier. Frankie is definitely trying to be like, do not, you know, we're not going to trash the school. Like, do not do that. Like, be smart. Like, we're not going to do paintball again. But it's kind of like this underground thing. And the parody, it's a different parody than the first two. Because the first the first season one episode paintball is like um, 80s action movies. And then the second um, episode, the first paintball episode of season two is like the Western parody. And then the one after that is like the star Wars parody, basically in this one, like the season six one is like kind of like nineties cop movies, parodies, like die hard with a vengeance, kind of like he kind of like, um, that type of style. And it's really good. So I would recommend that for, for people who might've forgotten about that or, um, who are like me and don't um, watch the last two seasons as much. The season six paintball episode is really good. So that's, that's a recommendation. And you can, I would recommend you watch that Emily, if you haven't, have you watched season six at all? Have you watched any of those episodes? I watched the last episode of season six. Okay. So again, skipping around, I was like, okay, I need to just like get, I just want to see it. So I watched that and I was just like, okay. Um, I like I forgot that Donald Glover wasn't on it, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Oh, this isn't quite what I wanted." Um, and watching it, I was like, "Okay, right, he's not in this season, so I will watch other episodes of this show." And I ended up going back to like going between season three and four, and I think the last episode I watched for four was the one where it's almost like they're at uh, Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. And Abed meets his friend who like traps him in a telephone box and mm-hmm. then I haven't well, I haven't seen that episode in forever. It is a very funny episode because I'm like, "Oh, it's like Doctor Who." Right. Um and it's funny because like Pierce and Shirley like go to the Comic-Con thing, but then because they're like older and Shirley's black they're like, oh yeah, you're like a demographic we want to talk to. So then they end up like being a uh, part of like a mar- market research, and it ruins the show. Like the show that the they're at the Comic Con for, mm-hmm. um, because it he like they show up in the '60s and the, the like Doctor Who character is like, this is the best time period ever, and it's like, wait, who ever thought the '60s is the best time period ever? like no one wakes up inside i mean i'm sure some folks do um 
surprise, surprise, I don't wake up and think, I wish it was the 60s. Right. Not even yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, no kidding. It, it's not a good time for women. It's not a good time for people of color. It's really yeah. only a good time for white men in America. Um, and so I, I thought that was very fun. I, th- I think I liked that episode because it was about Troy and Abed's friendship. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Everything related to like Inspector Space Time is great. Like that's just like the Inspector Space Time bit, like the the parody of of Doctor Who is just. I love all the stuff related to that. So I know I, I need to built out. Yeah, I need to. I know I need to be a little bit more fair to to season four and, and go back and watch it. But um, yeah, I, I do remember that episode. That's a good one. It, even within like each episode, so I I like that. And I noticed this because I was jumping around, how each episode might not necessarily contribute to like a broader story that's being told in like the season or the show. Um, They still like drop information where it's like, oh, like this happened here or this happened here. And I'm like, well, it's good that they tie it all together. Like, I like that it's not just a bunch of one-off episodes of them having random adventures like throughout all of this like it it, i think it it does a good job of doing that yeah so much so that like you kind of do have to watch the episodes that like are in between all of them because there were definitely like say things where i'm like i have no idea what they're talking about um i should probably go back and watch because i didn't i blanked on you know who people were what happened to this person i'm like oh right like over time they're like building on this they're not just building on these like seven characters they're building on like everything around them too and it has to progress forward yeah there's there's definitely a serialization to it that you know it kind of there it fluctuates between like you know episode of the week and then like but there's also like this overarching story and um i think it's I'm more drawn to shows that are like that. The office is kind of like that. They all, yeah. The office, the office is even more so like that. The office is very much like, you know, situation of the week. That's going to, um, you know, hijinks and sue or whatever, but there's also like the overarching, like, um, you know, one season, Michael splinters off and, and creates the Michael Scott paper company or, you know, all this, there's all obviously like the, the Pam and Jim, dynamic and that like them going from being friends into you know eventually dating and and being married and stuff so yeah i I, i'm i think that the way that i watch tv the way that my brain is wired i guess like that's i'm that's inviting to me it's inviting to be able to um do a a random episode a week while also understanding that there's also like a, an overarching theme to the season or an overarching story, like to the season. I just, I really like that. It's very good. It makes for, I think, engaging TV, especially, you know, I think sitcoms, anything that's like a comedy, it's very easy to just like get lost in, Oh yeah, we're just going to do all these random one-offs and it's fine. There's not like, a big overarching story. Like, I think that's easy because it's like people are watching it to, you know, laugh for 20 minutes. It's not the same as, um, a very dense story. Game of Thrones. I'll use Game of Thrones as an example. Like, it's not like they could just have like 
all these random things happening because they have to tie all of these stories together. It it has to be um, to sync. Any other final thoughts on community? It's a show that everyone should binge while we're all inside for another couple months. No kidding. I agree. <laughs> check it out. It's on Netflix. Most of you listening have Netflix, I'm assuming. So check it out and pray that this pandemic, pray that we get these shots um, to, our respective, to our respective states in time, for sure. We'll talk to you all next week about the Queen's Gambit. Yes, very excited for that one. Thank you for listening.